Uh, hello and welcome to episode 14 of After This. Um, I'm Daniel. My name is Carla. And I'm Shannon. And welcome everyone. <laughs> um, so um, what I wanted to do today was talk about uh, effectively what is the world federalist movement. Um, so in the world obviously there are people and groups and organisations for quite a while that have been talking about the concept of global unification and unifying people into these, you know, some single state, yeah. essentially some single republic. It's been going on for actually quite a long time. Um, the issue that obviously it has is that you've never heard of it. <laughs> and <laughs> that, is, that is the biggest problem. Um, sorry? Heard of what? <laughs> exactly. And uh, so... The World Federalist Movement was created in 1947. Um, mm -hmm. It was essentially declared in its city, a city called Montreux. Um, and basically, uh, it was after World War II. And yeah. they said, that let's was not do insane. this again. Let's never do this again. Um, and then they tried to push it to become something. And a lot of the basis of it was anti-nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. But uh, the idea was, let's create something that's better than the League of Nations. They saw the UN had been created and said, that's not going to do it because yeah. it's still too much a part of the countries. Um, so then they created the WFM, the World Federalist Movement. And um, so the idea from there was they were just going to advocate for yeah. world federalism. And so if you're not familiar with what a federation is, uh, it's effectively what America is. It's what Australia is. It's what Germany is. It's what... Uh, Russia oh. is technically. Even though it's, Germany was. Yeah, the German States. Federation. Yeah, mm. so um, like Silesia and Bavaria yeah. and all that sort of stuff, the like, states. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah. a federation is a bunch of states that have their own like mini governments, and they all put themselves within a central entity and a parent entity, which is a federal entity. So in Australia, it's in Canberra. In America, it's in Washington D.C. Obviously, it's in Berlin in um, Germany. But basically, you all play by a common set of rules, even though the states also organise themselves and collect their own state revenues and yeah. things like that. And yeah. free movement. Yeah, exactly. Free movement between the states. So the idea of it is to create a global federation, which is effectively... I think their idea predominantly is that they should just reform the UN to actually be something useful. Yeah. And then that can be the head sort of thing. But like it's... It's not strictly that. It's mm. sort of just we want to have some kind of global federation. And so to note of it, um, so people that were members of the WFM were Albert Einstein, uh, Gandhi, mm -hmm. uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Winston Churchill. Very surprised by Winston Churchill. Yeah. No, well, actually, the that's the thing. kind of like, yeah, they're kind But of that's the thing. I think people have rebranded yeah. Churchill a lot. Yeah. That's the thing as kind of like this symbol of Brexit and all that sort of stuff. But really, I think in a lot of ways, he was more anti-Nazi. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, he's a very, um... he's a very rough and tumble sort of like, screw you kind of guy. Yeah. He's got an autobiography that you can get. I, I, I don't so, know. So, yeah, I was listening yeah. to, um, do you know the Hardcore History? podcast yeah you told us about yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah. oh you, you would love it yeah um, but anyway he was doing he's been doing this really long series on um japan in kind of the 20th century basically oh okay um and he just did this this bit on on churchill that said it, it's really fascinating reading his autobiography because it as far as he was saying is that it's it's actually written by him it wasn't i was gonna say autobiography is yourself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and, it, and it, it's really interesting listening to the way he kind of talks about things to try to make himself 
look better, but then he's also mm. like sometimes it's unreliable narrator, but he's also got a lot of real insight. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. ever did you ever hear about the bombing of Coventry? Like it's this big thing from World War Two, but I don't know uh, if rings people. A bell. So basically, what happened was that they'd um. They, because obviously the Enigma machine was a big yeah. thing, and everyone has heard about Enigma. So it was a, um, it was a German uh, code system yeah. and code machine, and they had through the Bletchley Park stuff had decoded it. Yeah. Um, but basically, they decoded the fact that uh, the Germans were going to bomb the crap out of Coventry. Um, does it? Is, yeah, yeah, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> they they bombed the crap out of Coventry, and they realised the problem is that. They'd been trying to crack Enigma for years. Yeah. The thing is, it's such it's it's the big thing that says all the German strategic stuff. So the thing is, they decoded this thing, but they realized if they start evacuating Coventry, they're gonna tell the Germans oh, they've right. cracked Enigma. Yeah. So the problem was that they had to make a decision: do they evacuate and tell them, or do they not and keep the secret, mm. like that they know and how Enigma works? And the they basically chose to not evacuate Coventry. Yeah. Because they basically said we need this because mm. we're like fighting for our lives and they're everywhere in Europe. We're the only thing left. Mm. We need to have this so we can counterattack. Yeah. Um, and they oh, said, a... I have to let Coventry get bombed. That's a rough call. <laughs> and apparently that was like the hardest thing he ever had to do. Yeah. That was the biggest, cause he is a whole city was going to get bombed to crap and no one was going to be in air raid shelters. No one was going to be in anything. Um, and they just had to let them bomb it. Mm. And obviously, the second that the planes were seen over England, they could start to send signals saying, you should move, you should start moving. But obviously, by the time that happens... Mm. And like, so they could within, make some kind of... Um, within, like, reason. So it's like, okay, look, reports, radars, seen the thing, they're heading in this direction, it might be Coventry they're going for, start moving. But, you know, the, the amount of time between that and there yes. is, like, a couple of hours. Mm. Um or an hour or something, and then... Not enough time. Yeah, so nowhere near enough yeah. to actually, like, protect everyone properly. So, I just... Yeah, I just remember that story about mm. him. But, yeah, like, he's... He's been used as a character in a lot of ways to represent kind of, like... Like, anti-Europe Britain, I mm. think, in some way. They use him a bit for that. But, really, he more just hated the Nazis. Which is that's, a that's the thing, because the Nazis... position. Yeah, and the Nazis had sort of taken over all of Europe, and he was doing everything he possibly could to defend the country. Yeah. So, the idea of being in favour of a world federation is not that weird. Yeah, so, I suppose yeah. not. He's but I, I, I get... He'd rather not yeah. have that... His, from his branding that people have sort of appropriated, mm. it's, um, it's, it is more strange. Um, so, effectively, this was meant to be the, the answer to the United Nations inadequacies. Um, they were meant to be pushing this instead. But due to the lack of progress, obviously, over the decades that it's existed, um, it's sort of atrophied in a lot of ways. And I think... From the stuff that I've seen myself and the people I've talked to there, it's sort of um, uh, it's sort of like a bureaucracy without a constituency, mm -hmm. I guess I'd call it. So mm -hmm. it's like you have a bunch of people organizing things with nothing to organize, right? Um, and there's a lot of people that like find it and then vanish, and then find it and then vanish, mm -hmm. kind of thing, like. It's a lot of the people that I've found myself through the stuff that I've been doing is uh, they'll come out of the woodwork and go, I couldn't find anything. I found the W... Everyone finds the WFM pretty quickly mm. uh, when they go looking for it. But 
it just seems to be an academic website of like papers and things like that and committees and like it doesn't seem there's no, there's no obvious in yeah. there is no brand to it there's no anything to to talk to there's mm. nothing anything it's like this policy institute almost more than anything and then they go ah oh, well screw it and then a bunch of them will go off and make their own things or their own social media pages or their own whatever they'll yeah. do their own thing and they'll get kind of lost in it mm. and so what you end up with and i found a lot of people doing this is like these individuals just sort of all over the place that are mm. sort of doing their own work um and they can don't we, really know where to go can we just pause for one minute to mm. recognize the irony here yes everybody i yeah. recognized yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly <laughs> that and, and absolutely and that was the thing is that no one sees any option though and that's why that's why why i'm totally okay with the irony is that no one felt like they had any choice because there's nowhere you can go and go hey i want to be part of this and do something productive what does sort of exist is like some of the wfm organizations that like stretch out but mostly they're focused on things that i'm honestly going to say aren't that effective Mm -hmm. like model uns and things like that like to try and like get people to think about it but like i think it's it's an old school way of thinking that's not really appropriate anymore it's not attacking the, the problem at its source um what they need now is like an online presence that's yeah. really robust so in terms of like social media stuff places you can talk to people events you can get involved with and yeah. like just stuff that's happening that it doesn't really matter where you are you can all jump online and be part of it and that is sort of something that is actually finally happening because a bunch of people left the WFM recently, a bunch of older members, especially the chairman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of in a bit of disarray, but younger mm-hmm. people have been joining instead to take those same spots. That's good. Um, and um, they're, and I'm actually talking to a bunch of them at the moment mm-hmm. um, about like revitalizing and resurrecting the WFM because a lot of it is that there's a lot of people in organizations and individuals that have ties to the WFM and it's, they don't want anyone to replace it. That's the thing. Like it's, it's the thing with the history. It's the hub. It's always been the hub, but obviously the problem is that as a hub, it's not been doing its job. Yeah. Um, it's a hub for existing organizations and academics, but it's like, there's this big breadth of people that just Google it one day, mm. find nothing, and then never think about it again. Mm. Like, you need to grab them when they do that. Yeah. yeah. And otherwise, you you've, need, lo- you've lost them. They need a PR department, I guess. Yeah. 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 Or they need, they need a public face. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is sort of what I've been talking to them about, is like, either completely renovating and, and redoing their image and all the, the, the ways in, I guess you'd call it, or having like a sub-organization that's sort of like the movement, I guess mm. you'd call it, which is the thing that can act and do all that stuff. So we're sort of figuring that out now, but um, I've been talking to some of the committees there, and it's like, it, it seems like we'd be able to do something with it finally, which is really good, because I don't want to have to keep doing things off on my own. I mm. don't want other people to do it either. Like, And they wouldn't if there was somewhere easy for everyone to come and talk. And so we've been like setting up different things like Slack groups and all that sort of stuff to sort of like get everyone into like a place finally to talk. Because the problem I always had was I'd email people that I thought maybe were the right people to email and I never get answers. Mm. And I just felt like, is there anything here anymore? Mm. Like, does this exist? But it was always just challenging to get them on there. But... So there's a whole bunch of other organizations like the campaign for the UNPA, which I talked about, um, which I know a bunch of people there, which is great. Cause I think actually the UN, 
going through the UN might be a really good way to do it. I don't know. But the thing is, it's very well thought out at the very least. Um, the Like with a lot of these things and Democracy Without Borders is sort of attached to the same thing. It's all run by this guy named Andreas. But, um, and I, I'm in contact with some of the people that are helping him. Yeah. But it's... Um, Again, it's the lack of popular face. Yeah. And that really is what I've been talking about the entire time with this podcast, is that there is this massive, massive, subs- uh, I don't know what you call it, substance mm. to the um, to the argument that people have worked out. They've worked out essays and papers and talks, and they've talked about it endlessly, and it makes sense. But the thing is, very... I don't know because it's hard, and this is what I've heard a lot, yeah. is that people have said it's really difficult to, to like penetrate into the popular mindset and stuff, and they don't seem to know what they how they want to do it, they don't know how to do it, it's a lot of work, so they're trying to do it a different way, that kind of thing, but by missing that, you just end up with nothing. Yeah. Because, like, you have a lot of great ideas and no one to support it, and and like I said, I keep bringing up the Donald Trump election every single time, <laughs> you, and, and the more I read American Carnage, the more it's amazing, because, yeah. like, it's like... The Democrats all hate him. Like, like, like he's he's a he's a garbage person, and they all don't want him around. The Republicans who run the GOP all hate him as well. Yeah, and they didn't want him there. And they were actually trying to campaign and find ways to stop him from getting elected. Yeah. Um, and it's they all go through it, like how the different things they were trying to do and dissuade it, and like major republicans have come out and say we don't want him as the as the nominee like get rid of him sort of thing it's like it's very obvious that both sides are working against it but no matter what they did to get the people that they wanted into those nominations people would just turn up and vote for trump non-stop yeah and the parties can do nothing against it mm. and you can see like that is what Which changes is, um, things and that's technically that's democracy working. exactly like <laughs> no, no no exactly and that's the point i'm trying to make yeah. is like Enough people come out. That is democracy correcting a system. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. like, if a system is not reflecting the views of the majority of the people mm. that are making the votes, it has to adapt and become a reflection of those people, or no one's going to ever vote for them. Mm. And you could see a lot of people in 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 the GOP changing their policies and what they say about things because they wanted this new wave of people to vote for them too, mm. and they're just reflecting what's below them kind mm. of thing like like the people that are voting in their districts and that is controlled by Murdoch <laughs> that, oh yeah yeah absolutely no no so um Murdochracy <laughs> no no no, no exactly. it's pretty so, much the western world the right wing media is a major part of it and um they a lot of it is also just driven by like the national culture in yeah. America with the again with the whole reflection of going against mm. like government and that sort of stuff. Obviously what Fox has done is it's basically taken stuff that was already there mm. and just given it meth. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's just they haven't really invented any of the things that are happening. What no. they've done is they've taken stuff that was already there and people were grumbling about and said, mm. you're completely right, it's actually this bad. Yeah. Like, like, and like pointed and, all this stuff and fanned it and fanned it yeah. and fanned it. And the, the social media algorithms, like YouTube in particular, 
accidentally because they were just the algorithm is just trying to get people to stay on YouTube for longer. Yes. Um, and the way that you can reliably do that is by showing people progressively more and more extreme versions of what they already believe. Yeah. Um, and recently, well, not that recently, but they've kind of realised that now, and I think they're trying to fix it. But yeah, look at the ban on political advertising on Twitter. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They announced that just the other day. Oh, they cool. He said from the 20th or something, mm. they're, um, I think it's something like that, but they said they're banning all political advertising on Twitter. So, mm. like, I guess that's the way they're getting around what's fake and what's not and what's yeah. real and what's not. It's just ban everything. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, look, I honestly think Facebook should probably do something similar. Yeah, but you're like, going to get into they're not going trouble to, in terms of defining that. Like, if, yeah, yeah. if a, someone in public office has a personal Twitter account, yeah. Are they just not allowed to have a personal well, I think account? The, the can different, they talk about something? It's, ad, but not it's advertising specifically. So it's, advertising. So it's when you sponsor a post, yeah. or you sponsor something. If you're following it's, someone and they say something political, that's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right, so it's just the pay. It's, it's when you pay to like have yeah. a, a thousand ads saying Trump is Jesus or whatever yeah, yeah, it is, okay. you know, stuff like that. Because there was a video on um, Facebook advertising. It was like, um, mm. it, um, over in Congress, there was just like. The, um, Facebook was being asked whether if disinformation is being spread in an advert on Facebook, mm. is it, um, are they going to do anything about it or is will it they just let it happen and they're like, oh no, it's not our responsibility to fact check things. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, just a it's, it's like, we don't want to, we don't want to intervene in that. It's up to the people to have their freedom to, to, to interpret, interpret it how they yeah. want to and to do, and it's just like, meh. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, it, it's not a bad solution. It's mm. like, you can have people say whatever they want, it's just that sponsored advertising... Yeah, I think that's probably... Banning good. political content and sp- sponsored advertising. It's like, you are probably going to eradicate a lot of things that maybe should be there, but at the mm. same time, as a temporary solution, at the very least, mm. to this issue that they have with, like, fake news and everything else, it's like, maybe it's a good option mm. until they can figure out a better way to do it. Um, but yeah, it... It, I, I don't mind the idea anyway, but it's, um, so, like, with all of this stuff that's going on at the moment, there's, I think, I mean, every time that I put anything anywhere online, right, I find people randomly, mm-hmm. you know, like, through Instagram or through Reddit or Facebook or whatever it is, you just have people, and you're like, I've thought of this stuff for ages, like, what is all this? I've been looking for things, and, like, it's like, you can see these people are just milling around all the time in the, in the ether, and they have no idea where to go. I'm actually, like, I'm genuinely curious how many people there actually are that, mm. that are just milling and don't really know what they think or they yeah. like where to find this stuff, because it's not easy. Like, it's mm. not easy to find. Even me, who goes looking for it, I find kind of the same couple of things, and occasionally I'll find something that I've never seen before. I'm like, where was this kind of thing? <laughs> like, like it's that's what I mean. Like, you need somewhere that's really easy for everyone to just pull into one place, even if they then spread out to some other facet of it or something, yeah. or some or partner organization or something. Just somewhere where they can easily go get the information and move from that point. Um, because it's, I think we're mas- wasting a huge amount of potential or every day that we don't have that. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, if you... Yeah, it's just... It's tragic. I think when I got involved in this back in 2014 um, and I was looking for stuff, I Mm. could barely find anything. Mm. Like, I could... I found stuff, but it's the same thing. I found the WFM and I was like, oh, what is this? And then I realised it was nothing. Like, and as much as there are people there, there's nothing in terms of I have all this energy and I want to do stuff 
and there's no way for me to do anything yeah. to the thing. Like, you have to kind of... They have a paid membership structure as well, which is the other issue. That, mm-hmm. like, to really get anything back from them, you have to be one of their, like, paying members that right. you get on the newsletters they and get involved. And, exactly. Yeah. It's... They need to have a free information flow that's just about everything that's happening everywhere and all that sort of stuff. It's it's basically what we're trying to do is modernize this thing that is yeah. a massive dinosaur. Um, and then hopefully with that, you can actually catch all these people that are flying all over the place all the time. You know, I, I mean, I honestly think with the huge, huge, huge number of people that you'd call like progressives now, I guess you'd call them, is probably the better name. Um, it's that, it's that new branch of like left wing younger people that the general mentality around it is empathy that's universal. Yeah. Uh, I want to help everybody. I want, you know, I want services for people. I want to progress as a species. I want like, I don't want to keep, you know, the same things that we've had. It's, there's this general mentality that seems to exist that doesn't discriminate between countries and people and ethnicities and all that sort of stuff or sexualities, whatever it is. And, um, that I think is exactly this. Mm. I just think no one's sold it well yet. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I think there's a potential that if you could publicly communicate this concept properly, Mm. you could very, very, very quickly have a massive uptake mm. um, especially if you made it look feasible and I think yeah. that's the big thing is you have to say here's this big movement all these people involved if we do this this and this and this we actually have a genuine shot at doing something like this yeah. like make it digestible make it processable and make it something where it's like all this stuff you're talking about makes way more sense in our model than it does in like a, you know a, a more left-leaning state because the problem is a left-leaning state has to still discriminate between people to yeah. some extent because the thing is you can't just have everyone turning up and giving everyone everything because then you're massively overloading a small section of a global economy yes. with the requirements of everybody. Whereas if you have a global system that is just netting out those benefits, um, you can actually do all those things mm-hmm. without putting undue pressure on any one section. Um, but... I think, like, and the more and more time I've spent talking to people about it, because, like, the number of people we've found that have kind of, like, been casually sort of interested or crossing over, and you've talked to them, and they're mostly just, like, regular sort of left-leaning people, and mm. it's like, well, would you be in favour of this, this, and this? And they're like, absolutely, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. But then that's the thing, that you come out with something like this, and you come out with enough organisation and a plan, and have all these people, like, I reckon the second that it seems somewhat feasible... Mm. I reckon you will have just like clearly. yeah. I think I think the roadmap is very important because yes. I think if you're just presenting it as you know a loose world concept. federation, yes, it's like that's not going to happen in the next ten yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. How are you? Like you can't. It's hard to get involved when the goal is so far away. Mm. It's very difficult to feel like it's actually going to happen. Yes. And if you've got a roadmap where you can say, okay, these are our goals by 2080. Yeah. Um, and then by whatever. Yeah. And have a, you can then have a, um, an end date that's far in the future that the people who are starting it now aren't going to see, but yeah. you can see the milestones. People, I think, just want a way that they can do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, and that's sort of the two-pronged problem that exists. It's like, 
you get someone with tons of energy and they have nowhere to put it. Yeah. And they have no idea what to do. So they just go... And the ones that are really interested go and do their own things. Mm. Um, and there is a lot of the... And that's the thing. The number of people that I found are doing exactly that makes me think there is some massive segment of people that aren't quite interested enough to do their own things but mm. would totally be behind something. Yeah. Mm. Um, and like that crowdfund video I did when I was doing for the, um, the Instagram one. And I think I got... I think 20 something people to submit videos mm. for it. And so, I mean, you take the number of people that are passionate enough to bother doing that. Yeah. And then the people who would like everything. follow it and support it beneath that. It's, um, I just think there's a massive, massive reservoir of this kind of thinking that mm. exists, but we're just not touching it. So really that's, I mean, that's where it is at the moment is that there's all these different people and all these different groups and they're all splintered all over the place, but they're all loosely connected more or less through the WFM. Um, and they're all trying to do this their own way. And the thing is, there's nowhere to go and just get all the information from everything. So really what we're trying to do is fix that. Um, and we are actually getting somewhere, which is really mm. awesome. Because historically, whenever I've tried to talk to the WFM, like I said, they don't talk to me. Yeah, They don't, they don't tell me anything. And so I was stuck in this thing where everyone in every other organization would be like, we can't make a parallel to the WFM. The WFM is it. So, yeah, it and, and so then they wouldn't help me with anything. It's so against the ideology to yeah. then do something Yeah, yeah. well, the problem yeah. is that they'd already seen so much splintering that they didn't want to see the WFM get splintered again. Yeah. And, and that, so it was just going to ruin it yeah. further. But at the same time, every time I tried to talk to the WFM, I got nothing. So it was kind of like I was just stuck in this limbo thing. So then you end up just doing your own thing anyway. But now that I'm finally actually talking to them and I'm finally actually involved, um, it seems like there's a whole bunch of people in there that do want to actually change things. And there's a guy, um, Dave Palmer, who um, is on one of the committees who has his own podcast and it's got something like um, 50,000 listens or something, but it's not specifically about this topic. It's about a few things. Yeah. Um, and so it might go on each other's show or something, which would be really be cool. Really um, <laughs> give him a plug. Everyone should go check him out. Yeah, Dave, uh, Dave Palmer. So P-A-M-A-H. I think he's in the UK. Okay. Um, so yeah, go check him out. I, I've only had a cursory look at his podcast. I only started talking to him a few days ago, but, um, yeah, that could be really good. But, um, yeah, it's just... <sighs> I have a bunch of people helping me now, so there's a bunch of young, uh, particularly young people. Yeah. Like they're like seventeen and eighteen, um, uh, in Spain, Texas, Norway, and the UK. Yeah. Um, and they're all interested. They're all engaged. And the great thing about these guys is they're all like social media savvy people. Yeah. Um, I thought you were about to say child labour, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying. So it's free. that's even better. So it's child slave labour. Still must be playing Borderlands. We can get all these people to work for free. <laughs> uh, so uh, so Nick's one of the people that helps me all the time, and he's one of the people who actually listens to this podcast. Hi, Nick. So Nick, you are now apparently. Class as child slave labor i'm sorry <laughs> um no we uh, we all talk about everything that we're doing all the time and we like figure out the best way that we're really doing these things and like the idea that we can finally have this injection of newer younger people who really know what they're doing with regards to online social media and all that sort of stuff is really encouraging because if you can just have a sudden injection of that kind of skill and energy mm. i think it's going to make a really big difference um 
yeah and, and we are making i don't i didn't want to talk too much about the specifics that's the thing because like obviously they're still working things out on their end yeah. but um basically we're just trying to build this face mm-hmm. that so people can find it and talk to people mm-hmm. and find out what's going on and the great thing i like um Tiverio, who runs the reddit i think i told you about as well so that's probably the best place so far for mm-hmm. like talking to each other because um um it's easy for a big community of people to kind of weigh in on things, yeah. but um, we want to get like the Slack groups going so people can talk all the time much more intimately. Um, and you know, we got they have email chains for eons, and I think they're outdated yes. as hell. And the problem is, a lot of people seem to want to keep those, but honestly, they I think they need to be used more like a regular update mm-hmm. than an actual conversation medium. Mm-hmm. Like you need things like Reddit and Facebook and slack groups and we've been using a discord channel for a while as well um before we went to slack uh great for having that constant conversation because yeah. that's the problem yeah. is what, we we want everyone in the same room and talking what's the name of the subreddit because uh global tribe global tribe that's, that's the one run by I, T- I am subscribed to it i just <laughs> don't know what it's called that's that's the one run by tiverio who's um the guy in spain oh. he, he now lives in brussels actually but um shout out to the good man <laughs> he is good he's, he's really good he's really helpful that he makes that he maintains it with a lot of zeal. Like, he just constantly <laughs> puts things there. But the big issue that we had was, like, you talk to some group in America, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, we know this guy over here and this guy over here, and it's such a loose thing. Like, yeah. we know this guy, he knows this guy. But people are, like, infrequently emailing things to each other. There's no real structure or impetus behind it. No, like, no organization that's pushing people to do things. It's kind of like a bunch of friends almost mm. who all agree but aren't really able to do much um so the initial idea that we had was we just want to get everyone into one place so they can talk because if we just had all these people in a room and they were talking to each other about what we should do next that would be um or inspiring yes and the thing is i think it would make them do things you know right because like it's the energy of a room you know yeah. when you get 10 people in a room together yeah. who actually like are trying to do the same thing it creates that energy and yeah. that's and that's a big part of what the original idea was and it's sort of just evolved into this thing of we can actually reform the wfm into all this stuff so it should be good i'm really hoping over the next couple of months i'll have more i can tell everyone um but i just wanted to give that update because the thing is just the number of people that go looking for this stuff and there's nothing there yeah. and the people that think that no one's doing it mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and it's just it sucks that that's the case because there's actually so many people that really actually think this is a good idea and you just talk to them all the time. Um, so hopefully we can fix that and hopefully we can actually finally bring this into something where everyone can use it and actually use it to get somewhere. And then if we do that thing, like I said, and we make it digestible and we make a little roadmap and everyone can get involved, yeah. I think you have the potential with an idea like this for it to just blow up really quickly yeah once you hit critical mass that's exactly the thing i I think suddenly you have a whole bunch of people talking about it it as soon as people are talking about it it seems real and then like an idea like this as soon as that seems real like i think it's like Mm. pile on time kind of thing i've kind of seen that happen with universal basic income like i've known about that idea for yonks but it just seems like in the last two years, it's gone from this like yeah. crazy mm. cult hippie stupid thing that would never work to yep. serious government seriously talking about it. Yeah. Um, mm. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I agree. And that book that I read about it, about yeah. um, Utopia for Realists, was um, covered it really well. And yeah. you can tell it's it's definitely being more seriously thought about now. Because yeah. um, that's still the, the look I get sometimes when I talk about this podcast. It's like, are you in a cult now? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, we're not saying this is going to happen overnight. We're not yeah, saying yeah, yeah, this yeah. is... And that's... Yeah, this is actually serious and people are... And that's People the thing, know what I think, talking about, aren't because it's never spoken about publicly. Mm. Like, I think people who talk about it, uh, sorry, when they think about it, there's so much to take in that they think, like, is it this? Or is it, this? like, is it, like, the world suddenly just blang, you just, you know, one big Everybody's thing. Everybody's one big family and yeah, so like, friendly yeah, and is the it... power of love. <laughs> <laughs> it's the and that's and that's the problem with no public discourse yeah. is it's whatever you instinctively think in that half second you just gave it yeah. when someone mentioned it and you need to really map it out and that's why it needs a face mm. like that, that's a big part of our reason so if people go if it does hit some point of mass people need to be able to go there what the hell is this and see an organized sort of thing of mm. like if you do this do this do you have these kinds of outcomes and this kind of thing um and it's like you need to deal with it a lot of fronts because you've got essentially something that a whole bunch of people are passionate about and the general public has never even thought about. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like that's a very big gulf you need to cover. Um, and it's the big advantage that, like, you know, domestic policy stuff has is that people talk about it constantly. Mm. And so, like, if you mention anything, there's 10 things for and 10 things against and everything mm. else, and it's a substantial conversation. Whereas this is a substantial conversation going on by, like, 50 people. And no one else is talking about it. So, yeah, it's... I, I totally get that. And I've had the same thing. People Generally, what I get told is that I'm a communist. That's <laughs> what people say. I'm like, no, but... <laughs> I need to break... And then, and then the thing is, you get this problem where you have to, like, explain things, and then you have to explain the thing you're explaining, and explain that thing, and that mm. thing, and that thing, and then you've lost them. Yeah. And they've stopped paying attention. So, um... Damn eight second attention spans. Exactly, and that, and that, and that. I honestly, that the big problem is that no one's ever thought about it. So you have to explain everything. Yeah. By bringing it more into the public discourse, somehow you can have all this like predicated information. Mm. So like, I already know this bit and this bit and this bit and this bit, and then the the disbelief or the question or whatever will be about something specific that yeah, you can answer. Yeah, you can actually answer. Um, yeah. Rather than something they've ever heard of at the moment it's kind of like trying to preach Scientology it's, <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> um, unless you're insane um, so um, yeah I, I guess that's, that's that's sort of it for this one I yeah. just wanted to cover what was going on at the moment what the issues were but like big issues atrophied organisation potentially a lot to do with it but potentially a massive amount of like progress that could be made quite quickly if you did it the right way that's it and just the mindsets of the those people that are looking that you would change will just mm. oh, bring it's, more and more change. You know, it's it's astounding how quickly you can get people involved mm. when you give them something to get involved with. Like that's sort of like what would happen with these guys is like they just did it. They couldn't find anything, and then you say, "Well, I'm trying to do this. Can you help me with this thing?" And then they just bang, they're right on it. Mm. Like they they want to help, they want to do something, but they've had nothing to apply their energy to. Um, so. Yeah, as long as you, you give people an avenue to get involved and you give them an avenue of information and everything, they will throw themselves into it. A lot of them will. Mm. So, very encouraging what I've seen, but it just needs work. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's me done. Hopefully I'll have more updates later, but that's that for now. Uh, this has been Daniel. I've been Carla. And I'm still Shannon. <laughs>
Uh, that's awesome that you still shouting. You haven't right. changed your name since the last time we talked. No. Not to Ted. No, uh, not, not Ted. See you, Ted. But 